0: going on everybody welcome back to the performance for life podcast another friday another beautiful friday here and I'm super excited. I say that every week, but I'm, I'm serious every time I say it. I'm super excited. We got my buddy Dom. How do you pronounce your last La name? La Rosa. La Rosa. Dom La Rosa here. Dom is a yoga teacher. He is, I can say from my experience with taking his classes, extremely intuitive, extremely powerful yoga teacher. And I'm excited to to hear more about you know his story and then also like how yoga can benefit. Really, everybody's lives, because I feel like, especially being an avid strength trainer, and I'm sure Chris—I don't want to speak for you, but I'm sure Chris can relate—all that strength training creates a a lot of tightness, and yoga is extremely good for that release. So I definitely need more in my own life. But Dom, man, so tell us a little bit more. Like, I want to hear what got you into yoga. Like, you know, where you started. I know you shared some of your story with me about like being in college and then getting into the engineering field and then getting into yoga and ended up going full time. So like, how did that transpire? Yeah. Just thank you guys for
1: having me. First of all, thank you, Jake. Thank you, Chris. And pleasure to be here. I started yoga, believe it or not, Joe Rogan podcast. And uh, here we are four years later, that was 2017. And it was like the inaugural Sober October Joe Rogan Challenge. The deal was no booze and no smoking pot. none none of that for the whole month, which I did not follow. But I did do the 15 hot <laughs> yoga classes that they were all doing with them. So I got a good taste of it. Then I did it. This Bikram studio in Epping, New Hampshire. And I did like a 10 class, 10 days, went every day. From there, found Asana right in Hampstead. And that's been my home ever since. And yeah, I took classes there for two years, solid. And did my yoga teacher training over in Exeter, New Hampshire, Exeter Power right by you. Shout out Las yeah. Olas across yeah. the street. <laughs> yeah. Did that two summers ago. It was 200 hour yoga teacher training. It's the, mm-hmm. the first one that everybody does when you know they're on the path to be a yoga teacher. So it was eight weekends over the summer, every other weekend. And it was from sunup on Saturday mm-hmm. to sundown. and. Same thing on Sunday. So got a bunch of yoga in that summer and learned a lot and made some great friends who I'm still friends with today and just really, really good people. And then it just kind of took off from there. Started teaching mostly at Exeter to start, just because that's where I did my training. And then ended up teaching a bunch of different places. Taught at Hadasana, obviously where I am now. Humble Warrior in Manchester. And was slated to teach my first class at high definition up in Portsmouth. And that was the day that Corona shut everything down. Oh. And Meanwhile, I'm still working my full-time job at SPS construction as a field engineer, which is. Wait, this
0: was during Corona?
1: This was during Corona. Yeah. So I got laid off. I got laid off last December, beginning of December from my full-time job. And up until then, it was, you know, six o'clock to two o'clock every day, Monday to Friday. And yeah, sometimes just working nights, just a real odd to be, especially if you weren't really into construction. I didn't really fit in with those construction guys. I know we talked a little bit about you working at oddly and just yeah. not having the same mindset as, as a lot of the people that I work with. I mean, not to say that it's all bad guys. I did have friends there and, and there are good people, but when you're around vast majority of just people without, without a care for the health of their body or really anybody else's and just a, a really dangerous field where safety was just Just starting to kind of take off and talking to a lot of guys, you know, 20 years ago was just not a, not a safe place to be. So you imagine the type of, type of guys that work in that field. And that that was, that was who I was surrounded by. So just knew from the moment that I got into yoga, that yoga was my place and it just felt like home. And I've always just been a big believer in find your people, find your tribe and then do whatever you can to make that your life and make whatever sacrifices necessary. And I got kind of not black. I don't know if blackball is the right word, but I got not treated very well at SPS. Cause I wouldn't go to the dinners and go get beers after work and hang out with mm-hmm. the guys and do all those, you know, quote unquote team building activities where I was at yoga and doing sweaty stuff. So yeah, it was, it has been a long journey and happily been almost a little over six months now Been been doing it. So here we go. Yeah. <laughs> this is it.
0: Yeah. So dude, Love it, man. Yeah. I love that. I love that. What do you feel like? Because it sounds like before you even took any yoga classes, you hadn't done it, right? I hadn't done yoga before that. No, I'd never been, never done a yoga class before that. First Bikram class that I
1: did. And I'd done a lot of working out. I'd been on the, on the journey of self-help, And just like get me out of this rut that I'm in Mm -hmm. coming from Penn State. Like we talked about, like I was just a good student growing up, got good grades, got into Penn State, went to Penn State. And then once I got there, it was just like the bong and, you know, we're going to we're just going to party and not go to Mm -hmm. class and have a just really, really poor GPA. And and just, I don't know, never, never fixed it. Never, never figured it out. So I was in a low place that was that was bad. That was a bad point in my life. My dad was just appalled at me. My, Mm. my entire family, like going to family events. I just remember that feeling of like kind of shame and, guilt over over not not succeeding and not being able to just put my mind to something and get through it. Even if it was like my dad talked about it all the time. Like this is a game. Like you just have to, you have to get through this somehow. You have to figure it out. We're wasting money here and literally waste, wasted a lot of money that I've had to pay off over the years and, and have paid off and have worked and know how much it really is, know how much college tuition really is now without not to say that I have nothing to show for it. I do have an associate's Northern Essex Community College. Shout out NECO. So grateful to be where I'm at. Where was I going with that?
0: So I guess that's good. You're kind of leading to like, I was, I guess what I was asking too, like off of that, leading off of that was like, what do you feel like yoga did for you? Like, you feel like there was some sort of shift because I know what it's like to, to be in that construction industry. And I, yeah. and I don't know, if Chris, if you have any experience in that field or that business, but it's definitely it can be a rough crowd for sure. I I, I say similar, similar situation. Like I was new on my like personal development journey, I guess. And I was just like, I got to do something else. I got to find something else because, you know, this is just not the right environment for me and like what I want for my life. So, and for me, like I found that passion through... Exercise, like I was like, damn, like I want to help people get healthy, and this work, this is working so well for me and making me feel better, give more energy, more focus, you know, looking better. So it's like, you know, I'm curious, did you have any experience like that with the yoga? Like after you took the classes, like damn, like I might want to do this full time or as a as a job. Absolutely, I've just you know from
1: from the jump knew that it was like you said, number one, a great workout where you're moving your body and. Where we do hot yoga, it's 100 degrees in the room, and I'm sure you can attest. There's no sweat like when you're halfway through a hot yoga class like that, and you just you got a lot of time left in that room, and you just have to really focus in. You have to dig deep a lot of times, and the workout, like I said, is is really great. But the the mental side of it, and the idea that nobody else in the room cares what you're doing. You have to worry about you, what you do on your mat, how you feel in your body. And that is really what yoga has brought into my life. Nobody is looking at you. And even if even if people are looking at you, let them look and let them think whatever they want to think about your practice and your body. And maybe they judging you because you can't get into a a handstand and they think they're all that because they can you know, jump around and do all these poses, but they don't know your story. They don't know your body. They don't know what you've been through. They don't know what you've eaten that day. They don't know how you're feeling. I barely know that stuff about myself. So it's like, it's a, a relief of judgment that I felt mostly from yoga and what it's brought to my life along with just a really grounded, real community of people that just show up and there's no pressure to come back. People come and go. It's a real, it's a different kind of thing. It's a different vibe than a gym. A yoga studio really is like home to a lot of people. And I'm, I'm saying that I'm, gyms are home to a lot of people in, in that way too. But just the fact that there's no open class, like you're in there with a lot of people. And like I said, it is about yourself. It is about your personal practice. But I think, I think there is something to the fact that you're in there with. You know, twenty something other people all going through the same grind and all just breathing together and and knowing that everybody's there for a good reason and a good cause and it's just a beautiful thing. So
2: oh yeah. Mm -hmm. So there's something that I want to talk about. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh
2: oh. (laughs) So in, in, in my life right now, right, I'm just gonna discuss my experience. I think in anything that I do, I like to like trace Historically, the just go down the path, right? But go backwards, right? Because I know what what's happening now, but I like to go backwards and understand the roots of things, right? Because if we can understand the root, right, what's at the core, we're gonna understand close to everything that we need to know about ourselves when it comes down to it, right? So, you know, going down your going down the line from, from an ancestor perspective, like your grandmother, your grandfather and, and so on and so forth, and you understand their behaviors, why they do certain things, and, and, and then you understand why you do, why, why you behave a certain way and so on and so forth. So, what does that have to do with yoga? Yoga's been around for, what, 5,000 years or something like that? 5, 000, like, that's, yeah. that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's crazy. I think that's before anyone started deadlifting or anything like that, right? <laughs> no
0: you know there I mean? They they probably
2: didn't even have anything to deadlift with, right? So, because this is something that was practiced, and I'm not sure how it was practiced to start, right? I would ask you that. But it's rich in something, right? Because I've practiced and I've and I felt that something, whatever it is. And I think for the people listening, right, I think it's important for those that are interested to understand what this yoga thing is, right, and how it's gotten to where it is now. And it would be great to understand your perspective of that because you've done the certifications and all that, because I think that's what we're missing these days. Right. No one's talking about like the history of things mm. and, and, and how people did whatever, because then we can under, we can have a deeper understanding of why one would practice yoga. Right. Absolutely. It's um, so a long way of asking a question, but <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, yeah, a little bit about the history of yoga. Like you said, yeah. thousands and thousands of years old, originated in India as a sitting practice initially. So the roots of yoga is sitting. The The word vinyasa that we mm-hmm. use is literal translation. translation is to sit. Mm-hmm. So it started as a sitting practice, a breathing practice. Jake and I just did a little breathing before and then grew into asana, which is... The physical practice of yoga, one of the eight limbs of yoga, and forgive me, I do not know all eight limbs, but pranayama is one limb, the breath, mm-hmm. asana is one limb, the physical practice, the poses, the the shapes that we make with our body. And there are others. There is one is sitting, one is releasing, one is samadhi, the divine oneness that you feel at that point of, you know, you've meditated for years and years and years and years and years, and you can bring your focus to a point of nothing and release mm. everything that, and which was originally that practice of sitting and, and releasing everything. So that is in a just very brief synopsis. The roots of yoga is to sit and breathe and be with
0: yourself in a quiet room and be okay with your thoughts and preferably lack there of thoughts. Now was that kind of like the the start of it? Was almost like because there's there's other like subsectors of yoga as well. Like there's Kundalini yoga. That's that's really the only other yoga I can think of. Yeah. And then like with Vinyasa yoga, is that like that's kind of like what you do, like teaching Vinyasa. Yep, so the style of yoga that I teach is a Vinyasa style class. Okay. It is
1: also a aptiste inspired power flow where you're really focusing on linking breath to movement. And so I said earlier, the literal translation of vinyasa is to sit, to breathe. How we use vinyasa in classes to say, take your vinyasa. And Jake, you know, when we say take your vinyasa, it's a chaturanga, low push up. You come up into your upward facing dog and then back into your downward facing dog. And that sequence of poses is typically used to break up sequences of larger movements. And that's how the arc of the class is really laid out. And that's the style that a lot of teachers practice. And the vinyasa is is essentially a yoga burpee. It's a controlled, sometimes you'll see people floating, quote unquote, up to the top Mm -hmm. of the mat instead of jumping. They'll jump into a handstand and then slowly lower their feet down in between their hands. And Mm -hmm. it's a really intense way to do a burpee. It's a really slow way to do a burpee, but it is kind of the in-between of each sequence of movements that we teach.
0: Thank you for sharing that. Something just came up and and I, I was like, damn, I got to bring this up. You you mentioned it's like a slow, a very slow burpee. And yes. First of all, I want to say I'm not a big fan of burpees. I no. actually, I don't make any of my clients do burpees. I don't know. I think when burpees. I was first a trainer, I would make my clients do burpees, but... I no longer will ever make a client do a burpee because yeah. I just think it's, it's, it can be argued. I personally think it's a silly ass exercise. And I think there's a lot more beneficial exercises someone can do. But where I was going with that was that's what I, that's what I really, really love about yoga personally is the slowing down. Right. And I, I think we, we talked about this last week, Dom, is like with exercise, like a lot of people are already, so already go, 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 whether that's with work, with family, with with stress, like mental, emotional stressors, whatever it is, there's so many stressors, financial stressors, you know, and then a lot of times people say, okay, cool, like, now I'm going to go to the gym and work this stress off. But really what's happening is more stress is being added to the body because it's like, I got to keep going and people, you know, it's, I understand too. I have compassion for people who say like, Oh, I can't slow down. My mind is always racing. Like I gotta, I gotta keep moving. I gotta. And like, just the fact that they are saying that I'm like, damn, you got to slow down, (laughs) you know? And I feel like it's a perfect representation of, of almost like you have the, the exercising, which is like working out. And then you have yoga, which would be working in. And I think that I really believe more people, including myself, need to do more working in because of all the energy and output that's constantly putting, being put out there. It's like that, that rest and digest, that parasympathetic, parasympathetic nervous system that is so important for us as humans to get into. And I feel like yoga does that and can do that. I mean, I know there's, there's some, I've seen some yoga classes that are like kind of like a, a workout. Slash yoga and I'm curious on what your opinion is on that because to me that seems like kind of what has happened in the fitness industry where they've almost bastardized stuff in a way yeah. you know it's kind of like whoa, whoa 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 why are you mixing working out with yoga it's kind of yeah. contradictory right would you yeah. think that I taught it at noon today tone and
1: flow and <laughs> yeah we get resistance bands and it is the Western like you said bastardization of yoga and a lot of people do not think it is yoga and they're entitled to their opinion. We do treat it as a yoga class. We just like to do some bicep curls and yeah. you know, just change it up, just because that's that's what people like. That's what people want. Yeah. We still have a still have a theme. Still have a message. Still have a you know shavasana at the end. So it it is a like I said tone and flow. So it does have that yoga aspect to it as well. Mm-hmm. I'm all for hybrids. I'm all, Mm. I'm all for adding things in if that's what people want. And if that's what works for people, Mm. I'm all about adding it in. And I don't think that, you know, I try not to have any, anything too sacred and hold anything to too much of a tradition, because I think once you, once you start getting into that, well, this is the way that it used to be. And we don't like to move on too much from the way Mm. we like it right here as when trouble and just start to run into run into tension and run into um, dogma like dogmatic. This, yeah, 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 that's dogmatic. It's a little bit of old school and I'm I'm trying to just drop those drop those ties, drop those, I guess, expectations of the previous generation to keep things the way that they are. So I like things at work and if Tom Brady uses resistance bands, then so do I.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. I, I think I think what what happens throughout the years, especially when something is Five thousand years old is that, and the old school folks they probably see the core kind of being not seen right like
0: the the true meaning right they no longer see it, and I think it as a as a coach we need to create a
2: healthy balance so that we can teach those core fundamental things about whatever we specialize in right and you know, I would say, and even in, in, in my space, right, the strength and conditioning space, things do get saturated, man, right? It all of a sudden becomes about the movements, but no one's talking about, like, what's at the core, right? Like, if, you know, I'm doing a, I'm in my warrior pose, and all of a sudden I start break, uh, something, an emotion comes over my body, and all of a sudden I break down and I start crying, right? What happened there, right? A release. And, Yeah. And then, so I think that's what we should be talking about, I guess, right. As a group, right. And I'm not just saying us, but like what happened there. Right. And it's one of those things, right. Why did that happen? And how do I get more of that? Because I think that's where yoga especially can heal people. And that's important, especially in in this day and age where everything is fast, fast, fast. I want to, I want instant gratification and all that, you know. I guess that's something that we, can, that we can kind of dive into, right? Like, why when I'm in a downward dog, I feel like crying.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> what, the um, go,
2: what the hell's going on?
1: <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> we don't know. There's no science to back it up. But a lot of yoga teachers say that we hold uh, long-term tension in our hips and we hold short-term tension in our shoulders and mm. when we release those muscles and when we find new range of motion we tend to have emotional experiences and it's very common for people to break down in yoga class happens mm. i'd say every day if there's if there's a couple hundred people that come through the yoga studio there's gonna be a couple of them crying it's just the way mm. that it is and it's it's accepted and it's and it's it is coached by us to to let go to release to to drop in and, and find like i said. I don't know if there's any data supporting it. I have yet to see any myself, but there is something too when you find new pathways in your own body, those old messages and those old stories begin to come up and begin to release. And that comes through either as tears, as a rash, as a however it manifests in the body, but it is stored and it is real. I think there's a good book called The Body Keeps the Score. I'm not sure if you guys
0: dude, really good
1: book. Really the body good keeps book. the score, but the body does keep the score, and the and the mind-body connection is real, and it is something that you can learn and create and connect, and through finding. Just different, different muscles in my body. I'll use my pinky toe as an example. I did not have any control over the outside of my foot. I've been wearing boots my entire life and wearing shoes my entire life. And those muscles in my feet have atrophied and have, you know, just given up essentially because they weren't being used. And through yoga and through a lot of mindful practice of cramping up my own feet and getting that just connection to my body back. I don't know what's happened. I don't know why, but there's a direct correlation. And, you know, how do they say directly proportional to my happiness level as I've gained that control of my body back. And I think that that's so important for any, any athlete, whether
2: you're a strength athlete or whatever, is understanding that connection between emotion and the body and how they play with one another and how, you know, once an emotion kind of was, it's a thought, then it's an emotion. And then all of a sudden your body is feeling a certain way and to come back to the body, to have that connection with the body, I believe is, is so important in my experience. Like my body used to be just this vessel that I would use to lift things Mm -hmm. and do all that. But, you know, ever since I've started a meditation practice. I've included a meditation practice in my work. And now working out to me becomes my practice, right? It's equivalent to my yoga because when I'm squatting, I'm actually paying close attention to my body and what's happening to it. And when I'm completed a workout, I give gratitude to myself and to my body for allowing me to do what I was able to do. And I feel like yoga is such a great catalyst into Beginning to understand that mind-body connection, which is beautiful. Like, I love yoga teachers because what y'all do is, is amazing for people. It's like none other, you
1: know what I mean? It is. It's a, it's a little bit different. It's a, it's a little bit, it's a workout plus shake said like that work in and, and that slowing down. Just to kind of go a little bit more on that slowing down. Mm-hmm. There is a, it's another style of yoga called yin yoga popularized by Paul Grilly and Bernie, something Bernie, forgive me, <laughs> but two of the godfathers of yin yoga. And it's where you're mostly, you're laying down on the floor, you're there in like a half pigeon pose for four or five minutes at a time, maybe yeah. in a frog pose or something like that. And that's a, a real opportunity to, like Jake said, take that time, take that connection to your body and just let, let your body sink in and let that control of your body go in order to gain more control afterwards. The big concept of yin yoga and what makes it different than vinyasa is it gets into the muscle fascia, which wraps all your muscles, is essentially the connective tissue between everything in your entire body, from your skin to your muscle, from your muscle to your tendon, tendon to bone, all that white tough tissue is that connective tissue. in yin yoga After sitting in a pose for a couple of minutes allows you to stretch that tissue and to find that if you're looking for flexibility in your practice in your life, there is nothing that's going to give you faster results for both your physical body and your mind than yin yoga and just bringing that slowness into your life, that yin to
0: the yang, if you will. (laughs) The yin to the yang. (laughs) No, but I hear what you're saying. I feel like. I was going to bring it back to the release of emotion. And, and like you talked about that book, Dom, The Body Keeps Score. And it's pretty amazing, even in my own experience with different emotions and different, yeah, I would say emotions, traumas, things like that, how we hold them in the body. And, you know, just even for myself, like I have two spots, main spots where I feel like when I get tension or I get anxiety, it's like the left side of my shoulder. Back, shoulder, left side of my stomach, and that's where I hold a lot of a lot of emotion. And yeah. you know, through doing things like yoga, through doing things like meditation, and working with a psychotherapist and all these other areas, I oh my gosh, I notice such a big difference in that release and being able to let go. And you know, there's a uh, a strength and conditioning coach, and he's also a holistic health therapist. He talks about I, I forget the exact. Number he used, but he basically said that more times than not, most physical injuries aren't actually related to it being a physical injury. It's actually more of like an emotional issue that hasn't been dealt with. It's just back like issues, especially the body keeps score. I mean, dude, cancer, yeah. you know, diabetes, excessive eating, heart disease, all these different areas that stress. You know, stress literally creates disease, which kind of goes back to like Chris, when you were talking about generations, like why my great grandfather did this and why, Mm -hmm. my, you know, how this was all passed down. It's actually been shown and proven scientifically through some of the work, Dr. Joe Dispenza and many other people, not just Joe Dispenza, but things like that are passed down from generation to generation, like trauma, emotional, mental trauma, physical traumas are passed down biologically and physiologically to us. And it's like, I feel like in a sense, like it's it's for me, I feel a strong purpose to break all that, to yeah. work through that trauma, to break through that, to, you know, I've shared this with both of you guys. It's like to break those generational patterns. So now that I have a daughter who's going to be one tomorrow, actually, which is really amazing. Happy birthday, <laughs> Everly. <laughs> Thanks, man. I'll let her know you said it. But, you know, to be able to pass on more wisdom and and freedom. Like uh, what is it? There's relative freedom. And I want to say like complete freedom or something like that. And relative freedom would be like financial freedom or things like that, more material where as complete freedom is like, you know, that spiritual, mental, emotional freedom. And, you know, I, I feel that practices like yoga, practices like meditation, practices like strength training, when all of them are done in a way that's supportive of the individual because like you said dom like with like the, the tone and flow stuff like people like that people enjoy that so it's like i think it's important like you said to not get so dogmatic on like oh this is the way it should be done and this is the way it shouldn't be done because i've gone down that road even in the last three and a half years i was thinking earlier like when i first was a trainer like some of the ideologies that i had that were so like Dogmatic. And it's like, I've realized that there's a time and a place for everything. I used to be so against machine training. Like, I was like, I will never touch a machine. And it's like, <laughs> there's a time and a place to use a yeah. machine. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? It's like, you really can't be a bodybuilder without yeah. utilizing isolation work and, and things like that. I was just like, functional fitness only. You know, anyway, I'm, I'm kind of touching on all of these different areas here, but where I'm trying to go with this is. You know the fact that yoga can be a catalyst that for that that release and that emotional mental release and like not everybody needs to see a therapist or wants to see a therapist. Not everybody needs to strength train or or whatever. But like sometimes it's just taking time to breathe, taking time to slow down, go to a class, go see Dom, take a class and, and and breathe and focus on the movements and and let go of that judgment too. Because I used to judge myself hardcore during yoga classes. Like you know like oh kind of like you were saying, Oh my gosh, I'm can't get in this pose. What if people are watching me? And like, I feel like if people were judging me anyway, that totally goes against the purpose Let them. of what yoga is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. Like that's Let not even yoga.
1: <laughs> it's not <like> yoga. <laughs> it's the opposite. That's the opposite yeah. of yoga. But yeah, dude, I have one, just I have a couple questions for you, actually. how would you define a trauma? How would you, how would you just as a general term and then, um, where is I going? I'll just start. I'll let you do that one first. Okay.
0: Oh, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a great question. I would say that, you know, not being, uh, okay, let me go from this. This is what I would, I would describe trauma as or define it as is really anything emotional, mental, physical, or spiritual that has happened to us that we still hold on to and affects us in our daily lives. You know, affects our bodies, affects our minds, affects our soul, you know, I feel because there's trauma that happens, it can go as far back to like we were saying before we we're even born. our parents, our families, you know, traumas from when we were in our mother's womb, traumas from when we were infants and we weren't even you know uh, our brains weren't developed, but like I feel like children are the most susceptible and can feel everything. that's how they they operate is that's how they feel. It's like, oh damn, I just peed my pants. I'm uncomfortable. I should cry because I'm feeling uncomfortable. Oh, I'm hungry. I guess I'll cry because I feel hungry or I feel happy. So I'll laugh, you know, but But, yeah, I I would say that that would be my definition of that. I don't know if you have anything to add, Chris.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I I think I look at trauma like this. So our bodies, our mind and our spiritually, we have a, I believe we have like a baseline rhythm. Right. And Trauma throws that rhythm off, whatever it is, right It could be someone said something to you, someone slapped you, someone pushed you, someone died, whatever. My example is I was born with this rhythm, and all of a sudden, the traumatic experience of being an alcoholic came into my life that threw off my rhythm, right? So I consider my alcoholism a traumatic experience because my rhythm was thrown off and. You know, and now I have to deal with the aftershocks of that, right? The triggers, the cravings, and so on and so forth, right? So for me, that's a traumatic experience. And that's something that where I would need something like yoga, something like meditation to help me get back to my natural rhythm that I was
1: given, that the universe has given me, right? So that's, that's how I see trauma. I love that. Love that definition a lot. Like Jake's the carry it carries with you and affects your day-to-day life currently. Some mm-hmm. some past event that is still with you, still stuck, still yeah. still somehow attached to your way that you go about your day. It makes you think about something. You look at a I mean, you could call my sweets addiction every, every time my trauma is passing a gas station and wanting to go in and get a bag of crunch donuts, you know? And it's just, it's just that even little, little things like that, just like you said, that throw that rhythm off Chris, that yeah. is really, really what it is. And just going back to, so this rhythm that you talked about that we were born with, that is something that I am a big believer in and the element of play In your life and the element of spontaneity and having some kind of childlike view of the world. Just Mm -hmm. something that I will just say I love about my girlfriend a lot, that Mm -hmm. she is just has a view of the world where it's like we're we're all playing a game and we're all in this together and there is time to laugh and dance and play around and be silly. And I think that, like Chris said, that baseline rhythm, I think that all humans have that want deep down inside to play and laugh and be in community with others. I don't know what your thoughts about that how you guys incorporate play into your lives, your workouts, your mm. your day-to-day lives. Cool. Yeah. I love that. That's one of the things is you know,
2: I just I don't take life seriously like I I don't take things too seriously because as soon as I do the ego comes into play and so on and so forth. And One of the things that actually saved me when I went in for treatment was to go back to my childhood. And that's where I found peace again because that's where I felt peace. And that allowed me to kind of walk back through my journey and, you know, find the places where things started to kind of crumble. And I took a childlike approach to it because it allowed me to be vulnerable and it allowed me to open up and allowed me to. Have compassion for myself, right? Because I I just I just remember as a child, like you know, if somebody did something wrong to me or I did wrong, I still had love and compassion for them. It wasn't until I became an adult I became nasty, Mm. right? And so my childhood actually saved me. So you know, I have two girls now; one is four and one is six months, and I'm their dad, but I'm just like their big child brother or whatever, (laughs) whatever, because I think that's what I need to be. I don't need to be a disciplinarian now. I don't, I don't need that. I don't need to be that for them. I need to be, I need to be with them. I need to be present. And that means I have to
0: shed the light of peace when I'm with them. That's beautiful, man. That's really beautiful. And I heard something recently, Chris, I wanted to just Mm -hmm. say this real fast is, you know, being parents, inevitably we have to make choices for our children when they're too young to make choices and tell them like, you know, when Everly is trying to stick her freaking hand in the the power socket, it's like, no, 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 we don't want to do that. But beyond that, it's like, it's so beautiful. Like a child, like being present and just being there and just like... Mm -hmm you know, it's playing with sticks, you know, playing with rocks and Mm -hmm. just being in the grass, crawling around. I was, it's like nature. Yeah. Nature. It's, it's so beautiful, you know? So I, I, I wanted to say that I had, I had something else that I was going to say that was
1: just um, her, her eyes on that day. We went for a walk in the woods. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah.
0: We went, Dom and I went for a walk. Yeah. Last week and like everything, she's just like looking around, like eyes wide, like, What is going on? All the sounds just kind of like, whoa, this is like, I want to have that. Yeah. And it's like, (laughs) it is. I I thought I was thinking about that today. Like with how my my week's been so crazy, so busy. And like, it's like, man, I'd love to just get in the woods right now in that silence and just be with nature. And um, it's another great way to slow down too. I forget what I was going to say though. Dom, did you ask a question or? I brought up the play. play How do you, how do you bring play into your life? Yeah, you know, it's it's so awesome you say that cuz I've talked about it a couple times when my really really dear friend Nico was on. He was talking about the four doctors. And this is a concept this, this guy Paul Czech created. And basically the four doctors are Dr. Diet, Dr. Movement, Dr. Quiet, and Dr. Happy. And basically like Dr. Movement would be exercise, you know, flowing movement, Dr. Diet eating well, Dr. Quiet being alone, meditation, relaxation. And Dr. Happy is like play. What do, we, what do we do for fun in our lives? And for me, I have found that one... I mean, skateboarding has always been my way of play. That's, that's always been my way to... And since I was a kid, it's something that I've just absolutely loved. So yeah, so play, it's so important. So important. But before we do end up having a drop, I did want to ask you, you know, this is... Something that we're we're working on getting into the habit of is um, our podcast is called the Performance for Life Podcast, and I'd like to just ask the guests because our whole our whole outlook and our motto is you know yes we're coaches yes health and wellness fitness is is one of our and, and, and performance is one of our uh, focuses, but we all collectively Chris Pat and I all believe that performance. Goes deeper than just exercise. And, Uh you know, that's why our guests that we have on, we actually haven't even had another coach, like, or I should say, well, Nico, yes, Nico, but he doesn't do as much of the physical stuff anymore as he does the mental, emotional, and spiritual. But we haven't had like a, a fitness coach on. And I believe so far it's because I want people to be exposed to what other areas of helping their lives. You know, yeah. not, just, not just health and wellness, but learning how to play, yeah. learning how to quiet down, learning how to slow down through meditation, learning that, you know, uh, listening to your heart and, and, you know, following your dreams and personal development. And there's all this whole laundry list. So, and I believe that all correlates into performance for life. And so I'm super curious, man, like when you hear performance for life, what does that mean to you? That's that's funny
1: you say that, man. And I, and I love the name of the podcast and I'm a big believer. And one of my things that I say to people all the time is when they ask, why do you do so much yoga? As I say, I want to be able to stand up when I'm 80 and I want to be able to go, go much past that. That's just kind of my, my immediate responses. I want to be able to move myself and have that, like you said, doesn't need to be peak performance, doesn't need to be... Olympic gold medals, but I want to be able to control my body for mm. a very, very long time, and I plan to. And I think that I'm on the right track. To I am, like I said, just dedicated to movement, to eating clean, like that 80 20 said most of the time. Behave yourself! Don't miss out on life because you're not going to have whatever you're chicken whatever your and rice. Piece,
2: right?
1: <laughs> chicken and rice. There's only so much chicken and rice, right? So yeah, yeah. <laughs> lose yourself in the chicken and rice and get out there, explore and yeah, just come back to that yoga and come back to that breathing, sitting, moving. And like you said, just basic movements, body weight. There's no, with the exception of tone and flow. When we break out the bands. there's no, (laughs) there's no, we don't have weight. So we don't have that, that lifting, but there's, I have nothing against it, but it is a lighter duty and a, practice for life there are you know 100 year old yogis out there still still doing that thing so mm. i'm a big believer in performance for life i am i am living it to the best of my ability and i hope to be getting after it for many years to come
2: yeah buddy oh
0: amen brother <laughs> Go see my man dom at um, all yeah. in,
2: in Hampstead.
0: yeah hot hot if you're in the new hampshire area hot asana Dom, he he's got a whole he's got a whole list of t- days and times that he teaches, and like yeah. I said in the beginning, I've taken his classes. I now know him more personally, and and he's a great guy. And it's funny. I, after I made the post about you being on the podcast, so many people were commenting like, "Oh, Dom's classes or this, nah, and that, and I yeah. love Dom." And you know, it's amazing that that you you know after what you said, six months of being a yoga teacher, full time yoga teacher, been yeah. teaching for a little over two years now. Okay,
1: Just at, okay. A, at a bunch of different places. So put in. Put in a little, bit, a little bit of time, but yeah, still okay, very cool. Young, still, still. yeah, just this is the beginning. This is, this is it. We have, you know, like I said, less than 10 episodes of our own podcast, my girlfriend Erica and I. Yeah, what is your a, podcast? We Don't have a me. podcast called Chatty Rungas. It is <laughs> Chatty Rungas. <laughs> Chatty
0: Rungas. <laughs> C H A
1: T T Y R A N G A S. You can find it on Spotify. Like Jake said, I'm at Hadasana pretty much every day of the week except for Mondays. Nice. As far as, as far as that, we have just exciting things coming up. Run a couple of retreats later this year. I think there's a couple spots left for that. But other than that, it's just it's onward and upward, and just really excited for the future. And excited to be part of you know your podcast, and can't wait to have you on mine. And this is Dude, this is oh cool, yeah. man. This is this is the yeah. beginning, so I love it. Yeah, Beautiful, thanks, thanks for awesome.
0: being here, bro. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. We appreciate it.